Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we're going to be recapping a classic tale of forbidden love. What the hell? And that is the 2012 <laughs> Pitch Perfect. Okay. I didn't even know this movie had a romance in it. It does. The only reason I agreed to do this movie was because Courtney promised that she wouldn't sing. So are you going to uphold that promise? The restraint it's taking is (laughs) amazing, but I'm going to try my best. (laughs) I get sad sometimes that I have no musical ability. Yeah. And therefore, I could never be in a group like this. Yeah, so the movie starts off in the regional championships of, you know, college acapella groups. The thing about acapella that I find interesting is that they're not just singing without music. They are creating their own music. Within the group, there's different people that are responsible for making different sounds. And then Mm -hmm. all together, it sounds like instruments. Like, I think that's amazing. I love acapella music. I really do enjoy it. Like the pentatonics. Mm -hmm. Love it. In this competition, there are several college a cappella groups, and there's actually two a cappella groups from the same school, the Barden Bellas and the Treble Makers. Yeah, one's a strictly girl group. Their uniforms are awesome. They look like little flight attendants. I think the image that they're portraying is aesthetically perfect because they're all like yes. these gorgeous girls, these gorgeous college girls. Meanwhile, the other group, the Treble Makers, those guys, they look like the Backstreet Boys if the Backstreet Boys were all doofuses. Yes. Is that the plural for doofus, doofuses? Doofy. I think it's doofuses. <laughs> Somebody will tell us. They look like frat boys, but like the frat boy rejects that just formed their own frat where they do acapella music in the courtyard. When the Barden Bellas come up to sing, the audience is instantly bored. Mm-hmm. I thought they sounded amazing. Like, I didn't understand. They sounded amazing. I think the issue was they always do the same songs. Like, their set list never changes. So there's nothing new or interesting. In the Barden Bellas, we have two characters that are going to be with us throughout the movie, Aubrey and Chloe. And these mm-hmm. are the only two juniors in the group. So they are going to be inheriting this group. So there's a lot of pressure on them to win this championship because they're the only ones that kind of have stake in the game for the long run. Yeah. At this regional final, Aubrey's getting a solo. She's so excited. They're doing their routine. She gets the mic. She goes to give her solo and instead projectile vomits all over the stage and the front three rows of the audience. Girl, I don't know if this is a nervous system problem or if this is something that someone needs an exorcism for, but I've never seen so much liquid exit a human being. I think it's definitely the exorcism. Yeah, no, there's the power the- of Christ compels you. <laughs> like it's <laughs> there's there's a demon in there, like a hundred percent. You know what though? The projectile vomiting is the most exciting part of their performance, and the entire audience is like, what just happened? Even the commentators, they're like, whoa, things just got exciting. I thought I was going to take a nap, but I think I might stay awake now. They were absolutely roasting the Bellas the entire time. Yeah. So naturally, the Bellas did not win. The Troublemakers won. So now we cut to the first day of the next school year, where Becca, played by Anna Kendrick, shows up in a taxi. And we know she's moody because she's wearing black eyeshadow. I appreciate the black eyeshadow. But I feel like this is the most Anna Kendrick role Anna Kendrick has ever played. I actually thought I've never seen her in a cool role 
like this. She always plays yeah. an awkward person. And this is the first time that I saw her be cool. And it does seem to fit her. Mm -hmm. It does seem like this is the real Anna Kendrick, which honestly falls in line with everything you said about how she would probably hate you. Because I think Becca I know, I know, I know. I think Becca would for sure hate you. <laughs> Becca would yell at me and make me cry. And you would say, I love you. Thank you. Becca does not have the normal excitement of most college freshmen getting to their dorms. She no. doesn't want to be there. The only reason she's there is because her dad's a professor there and is making her go. I think it's awesome that she's getting a free college ride, but I also think it mm -hmm. it's not the same college experience when your dad could just walk down to your dorm room. You know, I don't love. Uh-uh. No, dad, listen, I'm drinking beer and getting dick down. You don't need to come knocking unannounced, okay? This is not what we're doing. <laughs> I need... I need to hide my beer. I need to hide my mm -hmm. weed. Like, you can't just come here. The thing about Becca, if you didn't realize from her cool black eyeshadow and her moody mm -hmm. attitude, she wants to be a DJ. Correction, she wants to be a music producer. Okay, she wants to be a DJ. Her dad calls her DJ. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not a DJ dad. I'm a music producer. Yes, I know Becca does not get along with her dad. What I want to know is... Why Becca has all this crazy equipment in her room that looks way too expensive for a college student to have. Her dad's probably still trying to buy her love. That checks out. That does check out. No, she has all this crazy DJ equipment, these big speakers, this like multiple mm -hmm. computer screens. You know, it's like the whole setup mm -hmm. that you would expect from a professional, quote, music producer. Yeah. And her dad does swing by her dorm room to be like, hey, baby girl, just pop by to say hi. And in order to leave and get away from her dad, she chooses what she feels as though is the lesser of two evils, and that is to go socialize at the freshman activity fair. This girl is super jaded. You could tell that she just she doesn't want to join any of these clubs. So the activity mm -hmm. fair, basically, each club in the school has a booth. One of the booths is for the a cappella group that we met in the beginning of the movie, the Barden Bellas. And mm -hmm. we see Aubrey and Chloe, the two girls that inherited mm -hmm. the group, and they're not they're not doing too well. Nobody wants to join the Barton Bellas after Pukegate. Yeah, Pukegate really left a bad taste on people's faces. <laughs> you know what? This is the second movie in a row where Puke has been sort of Yes. A thing. No discussion. I did put a note about that. I was like, Courtney, what are you trying to tell me with these motifs? You know, I'm, I'm trying to read between the lines when you pick these movies. I don't know. Maybe it's the eating disorder just sort of presenting <laughs> itself. Who knows? Oh, God. It's okay. I have the fat eating disorder, not the skinny one. I wish I could have the other one, but we can't pick and choose our mental illnesses. Um, so again, you know, the Barden Bellas used to be a very curated a cappella group, and they would only pick Barbie looking girls that could sing really well. Mm -hmm. But because of their new reputation, they're kind of having to dig to the bottom of the barrel of the freshman choices. The bottom of their barrel, you know, it's the top of other people's barrels. <laughs> right. That's true. Aubrey wants to keep the same motif. She wants to keep the aesthetic look of the Bellas. 
Chloe, on the other hand, is like, listen, we're desperate. Hey, Rebel Wilson, come try out. Right. Rebel Wilson is in this movie. She plays a girl named Fat Amy. That is her name. That is what she calls herself. And that is how everybody refers to her. Yeah. She said that she calls herself Fat Amy. So bitches like Chloe and Aubrey don't say it behind her back. You know what? I love it. Good for you. Oh my gosh, what if we all made nicknames with our insecurities so that we just wore them up front and no one could trigger them? I don't think Daddy Issues is really a good nickname for you, though. Daddy Issues Rose. Hi, I'm Daddy (laughs) Issues Rose. (laughs) (laughs) What would you be? Just fucking spin a wheel, like Jesus Christ. (laughs) There's so many of them. You know, when I at my very first job when I was 16, my coworkers called me Butterball. Why? Um, Butterballs are those fat turkeys that you get on Thanksgiving. Oh my God, that's so mean. And in middle school, my friends called me Wartney because I had a wart on the end of my nose. You know what? I apologize for starting this this train of thought. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many insecurities to pick from. I don't know. Just you know call what? me like... This was... No, 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 no. That's enough. That's enough. This is this was a bad one. This was... Nope, nope. <laughs> walking it back. Walking it back. Shush. Yeah, aesthetically, Fat Amy does not fit the look of the Barton Bellas, mm-hmm. but she's actually a pretty decent singer. I mean, she's really good. She can really harmonize with them. And when they see Becca, when Chloe and Aubrey see Becca, they're like, hey, how about you? And she's like, oh, this is not my thing. Absolutely not. Like, you're losers. Well, they ask Becca to audition and Becca says to their faces, this is pretty lame. Becca is looking for an opportunity to pursue her passion in music, you know? Mm -hmm. And so she starts an internship at the college radio station. And as an intern, you don't normally get to do anything exciting. So she is sorting and stacking records and CDs. She thought she was going to be able to have some sort of influence in what music plays. And she thought Mm -hmm. she could, you know, have her music playing. Yeah. So she gives the guy that she works with, the guy who runs the radio station, she gives him flash drives with her music on it and he just tosses it on his desk. I can't imagine just casually listening to like EDM dubstep music, just, you know, my daily life. I like mashups of songs. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. So I like those and I like few of them. So I don't know. I'm a basic bitch. I like what's on the radio. Okay, I like listening to my Broadway musicals. Ain't no shame in that game. One of these days, I'm going to convert you to loving musicals. Courtney, it's going to be a cold day in hell. I hate musicals. If they're animated, they can sing. If they're not animated, they better not sing because it's stupid. It's a huge (sighs) plot hole. All these people in this universe can sing. You know, what a plot hole. Makes me angry. Makes me angrier than pandas. I think musicals make me angrier than pandas. You know what? Imagine a musical about pandas. (laughs) Rose is just going to light the whole theater on fire. (laughs) So Becca's not alone in her internship. There's actually another dude that is also interning there. And his name is Jesse. Becca's actually seen Jesse before. He pulled up in a car right next to her taxi when she first arrived at school. He kind of made eyes at her. She made go fuck yourself eyes back at him. But Jesse is, he's being hella cute right now. He is. He's just your typical boy next door. He's really adorable and he has this sweetness aura to him. So he's not 
a jerk. Mm-hmm. He's not a fuckboy. He's not a player. He's really sweet. So naturally, Becca wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah, Becca's kind of rough around the edges, and all of Jesse's sm- edges have been smoothed. Okay. Yes. Even Becca is not immune to Jesse's charm because he does get a few laughs out of her. Yeah, they have really cute banter back and forth. And honestly, I think it's because they have a lot in common. You know, they both love music, which is why mm-hmm. they are there. Yeah. He's just like, hey, girl, let me get that number. She's just like, hey, how about I sacrifice you to the old gods? <laughs> and he's like, I love you so much. I love this trope of when the girl is mean to the guy. Yes, the sunshine grump. I love it. So Becca has a deep, dark secret that she doesn't want anyone to know. But it is revealed one day when she is just making her way into the dorm shower in her towel, Mm -hmm. getting ready to get in there. And she starts singing this song. I don't even know what she's singing, but it sounds beautiful. She's singing Bulletproof. While she's trying to enjoy her shower and her shower time karaoke... Chloe, played by Brittany Snow, rips up with the shower curtain and is like, you lying bitch, you can sing. (laughs) Becca is very shy and she's kind of covering herself up, but Chloe is not shy. Chloe corners her naked and they proceed to have this naked conversation in the shower. I kept thinking, this is what men think happens in showers. They think women just, you know, have naked conversations. Yeah, but here's the thing. I want to be clear that that is exactly what happens. It's exactly what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Just titties everywhere. Actually, do you know why women go to the bathroom together as a group? Is because when we need to catch up, you're right. You, You are correct in assuming that we're in there gossiping. But what you aren't aware of is that we do it naked. Yeah, we strip down. We give each other breast exams. In the middle of P.F. Chang's. (laughs) Yes. You just walk in. You can just whip your tits out at any public restroom and be like, can you check me for breast cancer? And we're going to do it. That is what's happening inside the ladies' restroom. So you are welcome. Anyways, Chloe's like, she basically harasses Becca into singing with her and then promising that she'll come try out for the Barton Bellas. And I think Becca just agrees to have Chloe leave her alone. But to kind of sweeten the deal... Becca's dad shows up at her dorm again. And this is the the time where like, okay, the first day you're kind of expecting parents to be like in and out of the dorm because they're hoping the kids Mm -hmm. move in. But this is a month into the school year and Becca's dad is just walking into her dorm room. I don't even think he knocks. Yeah. And he's like, listen, I'm sick and tired of this. You're moping around. You need to get out there. You need to actually give college a try. You don't even have any friends. Like dad just comes in. Yeah. He wants all of the smoke right now. So dad makes a deal with Becca. He says, look, I know your dream is to move to L.A. and pursue music. So guess what? If you give college a real try, if you, you know, join a club and get involved and make memories and have experiences, if you really, really try at the end of the year, you can quit. You can leave and I will help you move to L.A. Yeah, so now she has to go find friends in a club and shit. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, worst nightmare. I remember I had, you know, people try to talk me into their groups or sororities in college, and I had extreme social anxiety. So it was everything that I did not want. Mm -hmm. I have a group already. They live in my head, and they are all really mean to me. Listen, I have friends. It's the Days of Our Lives cast. Um, and we hang out every day at 1 p.m. So yes. kind of already caught up with all of that drama. 
So it is Aka Audition Day. The way they don't do these separately. So all the acapella groups, the leaders are in the audience. And then everybody, no matter which group you're trying out for, sings the same chorus to the same song. The people trying out for the troublemakers are all dudes. And then the women are all trying out for the Bellas. Yeah. What's the song that they have to sing together? I want to sing it so bad. It's Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone. Okay, do not. Do not. All of the people auditioning have to sing Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone. And the movie does this really cool mashup where it Mm -hmm. layers everyone's performance. So it sounds like one song. Mm -hmm. And it sounds really cool. And, uh, you know, not everyone is great. Uh, We have one girl who's really off key. Obviously, she's not going to make it. And we Uh have another girl. We have this, this really sweet... Asian girl who speaks and sings in such a low tone that no one can hear her. This girl is so eerie to me. (laughs) Well, she seems like she stepped out of a scary movie because she is as cute as a doll, which is the scariest thing in a scary movie, right? If something is Mm -hmm. really adorable, it's probably going to kill you. And then she mumbles things under her breath. No one can hear what she's saying, but she's saying creepy shit. Like, do you want to see a body? And I set fires to feel something inside. Like she says really creepy shit and no one can hear her. Yeah. So the pool for the Bartabellas is slim this year, but Jesse does end up on the troublemakers right jesse auditions and his voice is pretty good and i have to say there's something about that that makes him just a little more attractive it just bumped him up i think he's adorable in general but there's adorable and there's hot and that's the thing right just hear me out let's put him (laughs) in a suit yes put a gun in his hand and have him scream get away from her Oh, wow. Okay. Let's just, you know what? Let's check his bank account to see if there's any funky stuff going on there. Yeah. You know what? I think he has, he definitely has some potential because you don't expect it. Right. Right. Okay. I can get with that. Well, the audition ends. Everyone starts filing out, but then Becca comes in and she's late because Becca is too cool to put any effort into things. So she wasn't prepared to sing the song that everyone else had to sing. And Chloe, you know, one of the leaders of the Bella group, she tells her, you know what, you can sing whatever you want. Becca sings this song that I've never heard before, and I only know it from this movie, and it's the cup song. We all know the cup song. She grabs a cup from the desk where the judges are sitting, and she does her famous cup song, which is a song that she harmonizes with the sound of the cup being dragged and clicked against the surface. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting, though, because as she's doing it, this is a really catchy kind of cool song. And I think the coolest part of it is the moves that she's doing with the cups. Mm-hmm. But I have to say a couple things. Number one, she's thoroughly unenthused while, while doing it because she's too cool mm-hmm. to be excited about anything. This is the this is my biggest annoyance with cool people is how enthusiasm is seen as uncool. And so they have to pretend that they're miserable. That just doesn't seem like Mm -hmm. fun to me. But anyway, the second thing I want to say is that she's using a cup to make the beat. And I feel like that's that's against the rules. It's acapella. You're not, you're only supposed to use your voice. No, that's fair. That's fair. But again, like we've said before, um, they don't have a whole lot to choose from. So the Bellas do end up 
picking Becca to be on their cute little team. They even pick the little cute girl who can barely muster a sound above a whisper. They pick her, which is, uh-huh. I feel like she was just a placeholder, <laughs> just to have enough people in the group. <laughs> yes. Well, we cut to initiation. Do all groups have initiations? I don't know, but it feels a whole lot like a cult. Yeah, I think those those are definitely the intentional vibes that they do because they don't want you to quit the group. And so they make you feel like you have this blood oath, you know, to these strangers. Yes. And so there, it looks like a cave, to be honest. And it's filled with candles and they have hoods on the girls. And meanwhile, the troublemakers are doing the same thing in a different cave. It's probably a basement, by the way. I want to believe it's a cave. Okay, that's fine. You're right. It's probably a basement. <laughs> I just think a cave sounds a whole lot cooler. It does sound cooler. One of the rules, the biggest rule of being a Bard and Bella is that you cannot hook up with or have relations with a troublemaker. Audrey, the leader of the Bard and Bellas, the one who projectile vomited in the beginning, She's very serious about this rule because she hates that group. They're the group that cost them the championship. I honestly, I think that the Bard and Bellas cost themselves the championship, but the Troublemakers are the ones that won. <laughs> right, semantics, but... <laughs> it's insane how serious Aubrey is. So after everyone gets initiated into the different acapella groups, there is an initiation night party where all the groups get together and of course, Jesse is there. And so he's flirting with Becca. He's really drunk. Mm-hmm. He's so into her. And Becca is the only one that's not having fun at this party. It really mm-hmm. seems like she's like determined to be miserable. Aubrey sees Becca and Jesse making eyes at each other. Right. So the first Aka practice is, you know, the next day, but the night before at the party. Drama has ensued. Rules have been broken. Aubrey reveals that one of the girls got disinvited from the group because she slept with a troublemaker. And then she's like, does anybody else have anything they want to tell us? So another girl confesses to sleeping with a troublemaker and gets kicked out. Becca's like, are you fucking for real right now? This is insane. The leader, Aubrey, insists that this is a war and that they only have four months to regionals and Mm -hmm. that they, you know, they need to get it together. Aubrey says the troublemakers don't respect us. And if we let them penetrate us, we are giving them our power. Interesting. Interesting. I don't think that's how it works, but interesting nonetheless. After the practice is over, Aubrey is yelling at Becca. She goes, I can see that you have a toner for Jesse. And I guess toner is like a troublemaker boner. Aubrey calls out Becca for for having a flirtation with Jesse. And Becca just does not give a shit. So we get a montage of the Bellas trying to learn the choreography for their boring ass songs. Right. So again, Aubrey tells the group that they sing the same songs every year. And that's how they get to the finals every year is because, you know, it's a formula that works for them. And she's not going to stray from the formula. It's a formula that worked for them. You know, you could tell these girls are not feeling the songs that Aubrey Mm -mm. is insisting that they sing. And not just that, none of them are graceful. None of them, Mm -mm. because it's more than just the singing. You're supposed to have a choreography to it. And these girls have two left feet. The choreography is also very like, symbolic sort of. It looks like they're doing the flight attendant thing with the fingers. The whole thing is lame. 
the Bartabellas actually have a gig. One of the fraternities paid the Bartabellas to come and perform at one of his parties because he's used to these petite, hot, stereotypical girls coming and singing and just being eye candy. Right. But when the Bartabellas get there, their performance actually is not great. But aside mm-hmm. from that, the frat guys are like, these aren't the little skinny bitches we paid for. Get out of here. Yeah. As the team is leaving the frat house, Aubrey's like, I want you all to remember what this feels like. Rejection? Because if you don't get your shit together, we're going to keep feeling like this. Yeah. And we get more bad news because Chloe, she's one of the lead singers in the group and she has Mm -hmm. vocal nodes, which apparently are painful bumps in your vocal cords. Yes, that make it painful to sing above a certain note. Fat Amy is like, well, at least it's not herpes. (laughs) I feel like Chloe would have preferred herpes. She could have said, at least it's not insert deadly, you know, disease here. There are are things that are worse than herpes, you know? I think it's a a very 90s thing to be terrified of herpes. Um, So throughout sort of the Aka season, Jesse and Becca, they're spending a lot of time together. He tries to get her to watch movies, which she says she hates, which is another, like, cool kid thing to hate things that people love you know whatever she says movies are boring because they're predictable and meanwhile jesse's telling her how he loves movies because of how they're scored and how Mm -hmm. he thinks the music makes the emotions so powerful and that's what he wants to do that's his interest in music and again they're working together at the radio station they're together all the time he's still trying to make her laugh and he's succeeding a lot Yeah, she's warming up to him. She's starting to get some downstairs tingles. Yeah, I don't know if she's... I I feel like it's dead down there, girl. I feel like the lights are out. I feel like no one's home. He's lighting a match. He's lighting a match and realizing that there's nothing in the room. It's completely empty. He's not going to leave, though. He's going to keep trying. (laughs) Listen, she's not an Instapot. She's a Crock-Pot, okay? Takes her seven (laughs) to eight hours. Jesse brings up to Becca the riff-off. And she's like, what the fuck is a riff-off? So the riff-off is like a dance-off, but for singers. And it's actually a pretty fun concept. I kind of described it as one of Travis's cage fights, only with acapella groups and the fighting is singing. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, they're in what looks like an empty swimming pool. There's a referee. He has this flashlight that spins a wheel, which is actually really neat. I want one of those flashlights for like chores for my kids. Yeah. But he has this flashlight that spins a wheel and it lands on like a genre or like a topic. The first one they land on is songs from the 80s. Okay, so the rules are the first person to start singing kicks off their group's turn. And then the only way someone else can cut them off and cut in is if they start singing a different song with the last word the person said. So it's kind of complicated. I can't think that fast. You have to know your songs. And you also still have to be on genre. It has to be on genre. And then also they were blending songs together. So it wasn't just Uh songs that carried the theme of the genre, but also they could start mid-sentence with the word that the person last said. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. During the second round, it's songs about sex. The Bellas get their turn. And then the troublemakers cut in with Let's Talk About Sex. Mm -hmm. Becca tries to cut in and she's rapping like she is 
Yeah, that was so out of pocket. She starts rapping, which I thought was really weird. But nobody knows the song. <laughs> yeah, no one knows the song. So she has to switch it really quickly. She starts singing No Diggity by Blackstreet. And her group, the Bellas, start joining in. And it's this cute kind of moment because Becca is getting really into it. This is the first time mm -hmm. that she looks like she's really into it because she's getting to sing what she wants. Even the troublemakers are kind of like in awe and they're like, ooh. Because they sound great. The Bella sound really coordinated for the first time. It's like their best performance. Yeah. Unfortunately... The word they needed to cut in with was it, but Becca cut in with it's. They lost on a technicality. And Aubrey uh -huh. is really upset that they lost because Aubrey obviously is a perfectionist. But Becca's like, dude, like we did amazing. This was the best we've ever sounded. And everyone else is really excited. Yeah. Aubrey insists that like, no, you changed it up. This is not who we are. That was not very Bella of you. So Jessie and Becca are hanging out in her room. It's kind of like a date. It's as datey as you could be when you are broke because you spent all your money on DJ equipment. Fair. <laughs> um, what did he spend his money on? College. <laughs> um, College. But she's sharing some of her mixes with him. And he's like, oh, my God, this is like really good. Like, you're really talented. And then he shares some of his favorite movie scores. And in particular, he uh -huh. plays her clips from the movie The Breakfast Club, which I feel uh -huh. like maybe we should consider recapping. I've never seen it. I don't think I've seen it either. And it's a it's a classic. Hot take. I'm not a big fan of 80s movies. One of these days, our kids and our grandkids are going to feel this way about things we once love. It's happening right now. Do you know stuff from the yeah. 90s? is It's vintage now. It's showing up again and people are like, oh my God, my grandma, where is this? <laughs> Fringe waist, like hip hugger jeans are coming back. And I'm like, absolutely not. Those belong in hell. But you know what? This kind of makes me realize why every generation has their style and you wonder like, why do they dress so old? And it's because they're dressing in the style that was popular when they were younger. They're dressing in the style where they felt the best about themselves. Yeah, exactly. And so that includes hairstyles. Like you see older women and they would look much younger if they were wearing a more modern hairstyle, but they're wearing their hairstyle that was popular in the 80s because they feel good. It's like millennials with our side parts. <laughs> side parts in our skinny jeans. So actually, as Jesse is sharing the Breakfast Club movie with Becca, he kind of leans in to kiss her, but she turns away right away. Jesse's a little deterred, but not deterred enough to be like, oh, mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't pursue this. Jesse's giving off a lot of golden retriever vibes. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're either a golden retriever or you're problematic. I don't know if there's anything in between. <laughs> there's, there's not. There's golden retriever and then there's a bag of red flags. Yes. So we see another practice of the Bellas and Aubrey keeps insisting that they need to play their old songs. Their first competition is coming up and Becca is begging her to try new songs, mm -hmm. but Aubrey won't budge. She is traditional. She wants to keep it the way it's been. And so they go into their first competition. They go in, they do the same song they always do. What's the song? I saw the signs. I saw the signs. Yeah. I saw the signs. Oh, no. How come you get to sing, oh, no. but I don't? Oh, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, I've sorry, sorry. I've been holding it sorry. in the whole time. 
I apologize. I apologize. Okay. So the Bellas perform better than expected at the competition as far as uh-huh. like them being in sync and harmonizing. And so they do make it to the semifinals, although the, the mm-hmm. troublemakers are the ones that actually win this competition. Yeah. The Bard and Bellas come in second place. And in like the little after party area, there's another team. They're not even they weren't performing. They're like alumni from a different team. And dude, these are like middle-aged dudes going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> they are. Yeah. So these guys come up on the troublemakers and they start just talking shit and a fight breaks out. Jesse is not doing well in this fight. No. And his big scary girlfriend jumps in and helps him out. <laughs> yeah. Becca jumps in and punches a guy in the face to help Jesse. In the whole scuffle, Fat Amy tries to shove a huge trophy in this dude's butt. Becca says, I can't let that happen. So she grabs it, but part of the trophy breaks off and flies through the window, and then everybody just dips. Becca, since she's the only one left, and she is holding part of the broken trophy, yeah, gets arrested for destruction of property. And the next scene, Jesse is picking her up from prison. She's very grateful until the second he reveals that he called her dad. And she's like, why would you call my dad? He says, I didn't know who else to call. Yeah. You were in jail. You were being put in handcuffs. I figured call her dad. Right. I mean, and why would you think that he has money to bail you out? Obviously, your dad bailed you out. Becca is so mean to Jesse. She's so mean to him just because he called her dad. Yeah. He says, I'm the only one that's here. And she goes, I didn't ask you to be. Yeah. She's so mean. Like, what the fuck, Becca? What the fuck? And she's also mean to her dad. You know, her dad is doing the whole thing of like, I am disappointed. And she's like, dad, I was making memories. Isn't that what you wanted? (laughs) And he's like, not these kinds of memories. But to her surprise, when she gets back to her dorm room, all of the Bellas are there waiting for her. Yeah, I think this is the first sign of solidarity between them that they're actually maybe becoming friends or have some sort Uh of connection. I think it makes Becca feel a little warm and fuzzy that they all were there for her. Like, I think she's starting to crack a little. The next competition is the semifinals. Mm-hmm. The Bellas have rented a like a little charter bus and they're really excited. At first, everything's going good. The girls are singing a cappella to Miley Cyrus's song, but then the bus starts running out of gas. So they have to swallow their pride and call the troublemakers to come pick them up. So now they're all riding in this big bus with the troublemakers, their sworn enemies. Uh And they get to the competition. They're up against some big game. There's a lot of really talented acapella groups here. The Bellas come out and start their set. They're doing the same songs. They always do. The judges are bored. The audience is bored. The panel that's judging them they're literally checking their phones they're dozing off no one's having a good time right so the song again is i saw the sign when becca looks around and she sees that they're losing the audience she starts singing Mm -hmm. bulletproof she starts mixing it into the sound it takes all the girls by surprise but they do go with it Mm -hmm. but the judges are actually looking a little enthused they're nodding they're like "Ooh, this is nice and refreshing So an argument ensues backstage because obviously Aubrey is super pissed at Becca for doing Mm -hmm. that. They think she cost them the semifinals. Honestly, I don't think she did. I they scored third. I honestly think they would have scored lower had she not done it. 
Well, yeah, Aubrey seems to think that Becca cost them the semifinals because only the top two teams advanced and they got number three. So they're not going mm-hmm. on to finals. This is really sad for them. So they're all, this is not a good time right now. They're all in a really mm-hmm. bad mood. And in the middle of this fight, Aubrey insinuates that Becca and Jesse are hooking up. Jesse overhears this as he and the troublemakers are walking by and he's like, whoa, 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 we're not hooking up. And Becca just lashes out at him. She's like, will you shut up? I don't need you to protect me. Yeah, she says, you're not my boyfriend. Why are you always? And she just, she essentially rips him a new one for just being mm-hmm. there for her. Like he's standing up for her uh-huh. and she's being so mean to him again. Yeah. The red flags with Becca, by the way. Yeah, Becca is the red flag here, okay? Becca's the red flag and then she just storms off. She's like, fuck you bitches, I'm out. Yeah, she quits the group kind of on the spot. So we get a sad montage of the spring break time frame. You see Becca watching the movies that Jesse wanted her to watch. Oh, we forgot to mention they're on the outs. Yeah, they're on the outs. Jesse and Becca are not speaking. Well, good for him because she yes. is honestly terrible. While Aubrey is doing like some yoga or Pilates or something one day, she gets a phone call from the host of the ACA performances. One of the semifinalists were disqualified. Yeah, so apparently one of the guys was not a college student. He was like cosplaying as a college student to be part of the group. And so they broke the rules. They're disqualified. And what this means is the Barden Bellas are getting bumped up. They're going to the finals. So Aubrey calls in the whole team, except for Becca. <laughs> right. She calls in everybody. She pulls them away from their spring break to get their asses back to campus mm-hmm. and practice, get the routine straight. Meanwhile, Becca goes to see Jesse. She's been trying to call him and text him throughout spring break, and he has not responded. And so when Uh she goes to knock on his dorm door, she tries to apologize, and he's not having it. Yeah, he's like, you treat me like shit. And until you can figure out what the problem with you is, like, this is over. No, I love that. He actually says, you push away anyone who cares about you. Why is that? And she just looks at him and says, I don't know. And he says, well, you have to figure that out. Dude, Mm -hmm. talk about holding someone accountable. Don't put up with people's shitty behavior. Isn't it great that a man has great communication like that? You know, I love it. You know, he goes to therapy. You know, he was in there. Healthy boundaries. He goes to therapy. When Chloe tells Aubrey that she texted Becca, Aubrey's like, no, Becca's not part of the team. She can't sit with us. So side note, Becca goes to see her dad. I think she's doing like the apology tour. She's going around to everyone that she was an asshole to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Becca goes to see her dad and we get a little bit of backstory about why Becca is so moody and dark. And it's because her parents got divorced. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. It's just that in the pyramid of trauma, divorce is like the biggest, like the most common one. You know, it's like up top. Mm -hmm. It's like divorce (laughs) you know my parents are divorced and i'm fine yeah i mean sure sure you are sure you are no but the thing is that's interesting is that i feel like there is some trauma that's needed for growth right like we all need like a little a little sprinkle of trauma to make us good people You'd be really boring if you didn't have any trauma. Right. We don't want terrible things to happen to people, but divorce in the grand scheme of trauma, 
I mean, that's like if you had to choose your trauma, you should choose divorce because honestly, it's probably the best one. In most circumstances, divorce is probably better than what would have otherwise happened. Yeah, for sure. So the Bellas are having a feud because Chloe agrees they need to switch things up. They need to do something differently or else they will lose because they lost last time. They're not doing well. Their score sheets show that they're not doing well. They need to change it up. Aubrey is absolutely against it. She says, no, we're not doing this. Absolutely not. And then to prove her point that she has control, Aubrey decides to puke everywhere on purpose. I don't understand how she can puke on demand. What I thought was happening is that she was relinquishing control. She was not controlling her anxiety because I think her vomiting is like anxiety induced. Yeah, she's like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to shove it down anymore. I'm not going to choke it down. Yes. So she, again, uh, projectile vomits a giant pond of puke onto the gym floor. I kept thinking about the limited opportunities that this girl is going to have when she projectile vomits every time she's nervous. Like what jobs are appropriate for that sort of condition? A home customer service representative. You know what? You're right. You know what? COVID opened up a lot of doors for the projectile vomiting Mm. uh, crowd. This movie was like eight years before COVID. True. So she didn't know. She didn't know. What did did those people do before COVID? Dude, I find it hard to remember pre-COVID life sometimes. So the thing is, there's a lot of drama happening in the Bella group. And Chloe had surgery during spring break. So she can't even do her solo spot anymore. Becca walks in in the middle of this cat fight, whatever it is, (laughs) in the middle of this puke filled cat fight. She walks in in the middle of it and she apologizes and she wants her spot back. Aubrey just does. Nobody says anything. Becca takes it as a no. Yeah. Becca does a really dramatic exit, just walking Mm -hmm. very slowly, waiting for someone to say, wait, Becca, stay. To be fair to Becca, she did apologize very genuinely. She did. And Aubrey does call her back. Aubrey, at this point, I think because she let all her puke out, she let her demons out. She Mm -hmm. is realizing that she needs help. She can't run this group the way she's been running it. And for Mm -hmm. the first time, Aubrey relinquishes control. And she turns to Becca and says, what should we do? Becca takes them outside to the abandoned swimming pool and does a more modern mix-up. They sing Bruno Mars, Just the Way You Are, and they sing it beautifully. And as they're singing Bruno Mars, Just the Way You Are, Becca cuts Uh in with another song because this is what Becca does. She's a DJ. She Uh knows what song fits sonically. They come up with a plan. They are ready for finals. Yeah, it's finals time. So the troublemakers go first. And Jesse is singing the lead this time. And they're really good. They're, they are. You know, their choreography is on point. I would say they, this is the best that the troublemakers have, have looked. Oh, yeah. The troublemakers are a really good group. They are very talented. The Bellas are not wearing their trademark flight attendant uniforms. They're all kind of wearing something different, but they're wearing you know, pants and like tighter shirts, but they do still all have the scarf. Right. The commentators who usually love to roast the Bellas 
start making little comments about how refreshing it is to see them switching it up. The Bellas start their performance. Becca takes the lead and they start yes. singing a really modern mashup, which is pretty impressive. Uh-huh. Becca starts blending in songs and she actually weaves in songs from the movie The Breakfast Club, which is Jesse's favorite movie. And he's in the audience. I love that she did the grand gesture here. You know? Right. This is her grand gesture. This is her grand apology. She's looking right at him as she's performing it. She's giving him the eyes, you know? She is. And Jesse, he folds like a fucking wet paper bag. He does. Okay? And you know what? Fine, she did a grand gesture and it's really sweet, but she still hasn't figured out why she's terrible to anyone who cares about her. Do you think that issue just disappeared? No, but you know what? She's a pretty girl. He's a teenage boy. Yeah. This is the best we can expect, to be honest. (laughs) It's going to be okay. (laughs) The crowd is super into their performance. And, you know, you know, it's weird because I feel like when the Bellas are performing... I just don't find it believable that there's not like a backtrack to it because all the sounds that they layer into their Mm -hmm. music is just mind blowing that it's all coming Mm -hmm. from their mouth. Yeah, it is. But now with Chloe's new vocal note surgery, she can hit the low notes. She used to be the alto, right? She used to do the alto Mm -hmm. solo. Now she's she's just it's just a different spice, you know, like it's the same meal, but the ingredients are different and it's just hit and right. The judges are loving it. The crowd is loving it. Like before it was jarred salsa. Now it is some fresh pico de gallo, you know? Oh, yeah. With a with a side of guac, you know? After the performance, Becca runs down to Jesse and he's like, wow, that was a really good performance. And she's like, just shut up and kiss me. Yep. They kiss. And afterwards, it's revealed who won. And apparently the Bellas narrowly defeated the Troublemakers and they win the national championship. Yes. The end of our movie cuts to tryouts for the next year with Jesse being in charge of the Troublemakers and Becca being in charge of the Bellas. Yeah, so it's it's uh, come full circle, not to murder, but to the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's still room for murder, but... There is always room for murder. Yes. I have to say, I was very weary that we could do this movie without singing. And you did it. You did it. I didn't. I failed. But you did it. (laughs) Do you know how hard I would have gone with Kelly Clarkson since you've been gone? I know. And you know what? I needed to congratulate you on your self-restraint. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. (laughs) This is my greatest performance. Your greatest performance is like you withholding uh, singing. Yes. Yeah. And once again, I want to thank you for not making me watch a musical. I don't count this as a musical. I mean, this isn't a musical, right? Mm -mm. See, okay. I want to clarify. I don't mind movies where there are musical performances. I don't mind that. I just hate movies where the characters randomly break into songs. Mm -hmm. Because if I can't do that in real life without getting weird looks, no one else should be able to. I mean, you can. You just choose not to. Well, I would get weird looks, right? I feel like someone would call the police. You know, my local police department, they are, they love just catching people on really random shit. They're like, catch you for- Singing in public. That's assault. They will put you in jail. (laughs) Like they have like a, they have a huge budget and they're just have all these gadgets and stuff. Like any chance they get, they're like, we deployed the drones. I'm like, what the fuck? This is where all your new school money's going. (laughs) Somewhere, yes, exactly. Anyways, this is where our movie leaves us. The teapot is empty for today. 
Don't worry, more is brewing in on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you next time. Bye. Can I sing now? Sure, we can have you at the end singing. Oh, you don't have to record it. No, but... it's, I must record it. Okay. For blackmail. Since you've been gone, I can breathe for the first time. I'm so moving on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I might be able to work with that. I'll see if I can like <laughs> auto-tune it or some shit. <laughs> and people will be like, damn, Courtney can sing. Rose is a hater. <laughs> I can't. I cannot sing at all. I just I just really love Kelly Clarkson. Ha, ha, ha.